Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Today on the Focus on Why podcast, I have Nick Bradley joining me. Nick, welcome. Amy, it is a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm very excited. And I say that almost for every guest, but I'm particularly excited for you to hear today, Nick, because we've we've actually spent a long time together over, over last year and working on our branding and our marketing together. And look where it's taken both of us. I know it's been an amazing year. In fact, I'm sure we'll get into that uh, today in terms of the last few years for me, but I've seen your rise in different things you've been doing. So it's been great to meet you and great to be part of your journey as well. Thank you. So Nick is the host of Scale Up Your Business podcast, amongst many other things, which I'll let him explain. And it's a great podcast. I don't know if you've ever tuned into it, but it is an absolute stonker because Nick is very honest. He just shares everything. And week by week, he's responding to what people need, what people have asked for. And he just off the cuff just delivers it. And I I love that. It's so refreshing. Yeah, thank you. Um, And we'll get into it, won't we? (laughs) We'll get into why I did it today. Um, But I've been running that podcast now for 18 months. Um, It's had over 100,000 downloads, in fact, close to 150,000 downloads. And I'm very, uh, it's changed everything for me, actually. So it's one of those things that I'd probably put in the top five things I've ever done in terms of um, activities that have made a big difference in my life. What has it changed for you? Well, if I go, let me go into why I did it, and then we can go back a little bit as well. Obviously, that would be a useful topic considering what your podcast is called. (laughs) But um, I did it for a couple of different reasons. But I believe fundamentally that everyone has a message inside them and that message needs to get out. So some people have, you know, they write books, sometimes people do YouTube channels, they start a blog. I just happen to do it through a podcast. And I was never sort of usually like that. So if I go back to um, my sort of corporate career, so for for all your listeners, I had a a pretty um, cut and thrust corporate career. I used to work in the media game and then I used to work in private equity and I, um, you know, big companies like News International, Getty Images, some of those, and some of the biggest um, newspaper publishers in the UK. And I was, I suppose, fortunate enough to have a career that skyrocketed. So I was a board director of one of those media companies before I was 30, been a CEO of a number of companies now. Um, first CEO role was before I was 35. So a lot of people don't get to that position until they're in their 40s or 50s. And if I can be really frank on this on this show, I was an arsehole. You know, I was really, really hard work. So everything was about me. Everything was about the next promotion, the next paycheck, what car I could have, what big house I could buy, you know, all of those things. And I was from the outside, what you would see is is quite high levels, you know, some in some cases extreme levels of achievements. Uh, But in the inside, I was starting to feel quite broken, um, just not fulfilled. And so, and we'll go a bit deeper later, but I started the podcast fundamentally so that I could uh, make a contribution 
so I could start to help people without any expectation because I felt I needed to create some balance in my life and that was the way that I wanted to do it. So how did you change from being this asshole as you describe yourself to and from this cut and thrust world into a world of giving what what happened okay so there's a couple of different stories I'm going to go back a bit because I think it's important for people to understand um, why I do what I do and what what sort of stem that so if I go all the way back I, I came from a you know a, a loving family but a broken family in terms of my dad walked out when I was two years of age and I don't remember any of that so a lot of what happened over those first few years of my life were stories that were told to me by my mum and my grandparents apparently I had to have a child psychologist uh, watch over me for a period of time because I was quite I wouldn't say was it unstable there were there were situations where I I was emotionally I suppose quite affected by what was going on and what I was seeing around and as a result of that, I got massively overweight. So from the age of probably five to 10, and I don't know if, if listeners know kilograms, because I'm Australian, we work in metrics. So I was, I was 125 kilograms as a 10-year-old, uh, wow. and I now weigh something like 75. So we're talking about what, a 50-kilogram swing. And I, and I was getting bullied at school. I was getting all sorts of stuff. I used to lock myself in the toilets at school so I wouldn't get bullied through lunch times and recess times. It was, it was horrific. It was really bad. And it was all a result of, you know, uh, something that was missing after my dad walked out and me feeling quite lost and quite confused. And as I said, I had a loving family, but there was this thing going on in my head. Anyway, through my teenage years, I had to transform myself. I had this, this calling that I needed, to, I needed to make a decision that I needed to stop and I needed to reinvent my whole character. And I did that. And I went from being fattest kid in school, poor at sport, all of these different things, to being an athlete, being uh, representing my school in the, in the, in the first team in uh, basketball and in rowing. And I basically did it all myself. I did it all myself. And I remember just making a decision one day, making a decision to kind of drive things forward. And if I keep sort of progressing forward, that, that taught me something. It taught me that if I apply myself to things, I can achieve stuff and I can make others proud and I can give myself some self-worth. I can make myself feel that I'm good enough because when I was younger, I didn't think I was. And I took that to the extreme. So I took that to my career. I took that to everything. I ended up running all these ultra marathons and everything I did in my life was extreme. It had to be the best of the best. It had to be at the absolute highest level. So I was, the probably best way to describe it to everybody is I was running at a speed and a pace which wasn't probably healthy, also just burning me out, wearing me out. And I wasn't great to be around because I had these expectations that were all put on me by me. And, you know, my wife, when, when, we, when we sort of met and got married and had kids, it, all of these things started to sort of pull apart a bit because I was this person that was chasing something that was in my head. So all of that, all of that culminated uh, one, one night. I was working for a private equity firm. So private equity for everyone who's listening is a pretty, pretty high level investment, going in and buying businesses that are undervalued, turning them around, selling them for a lot more money. Everything's about the numbers. And I was in that world. So my corporate career had taken me into this world of dare I say, out of the fire into the frying pan. I mean, you were at the extreme of, of capitalism. 
And this one, this one evening, I was working on a deal, and I was pretty stressed, and, and I wasn't being a great, a great husband or father. I just know I wasn't present. And I went to bed, and I, I fell asleep, and I literally cracked all of the teeth in the right side of my jaw, like three or four, right at the back here. And I woke up, sort of middle of the night. It was three, four in the morning, and I, it looked like I'd been punched in the face, literally. I didn't know what to do. My wife said, listen, go to the dentist. And I thought, well, actually, should I go to the doctor? So I went to the doctor first, and then they sent me to the dentist. And basically what had happened is I'd gone to sleep with all this stuff in my head, and I'd clenched down so tight in my sleep that I'd broken the teeth, literally cracked them. I, you know, it, was, it was, I won't go into detail, but you can imagine what that feels like. Painful, scary, just weird. You know, what the hell's going on? What's happening? And there had been signs of this coming. So this was the culmination of a lot of things. There were signs of me, just the edges of things. I was starting to get sick. I was just starting to not sleep. Huge amounts of stress. I'd been pushing myself for so many years and everything was coming to a head. And I came back from the, from the dentist and, and had some treatment. And I thought, you know what? I have to, I've got to change something. This, this isn't me. I don't know what this is, but it's not me. You know? and, and I sort of thought, where's it coming from? Is it from the fat kid who has to be something else? All sorts of stuff. And I thought, you know what, I've got to go and make a change. So I called up a mate of mine and he was the guy at university who was a bit weird. We all thought he was like a bit of a geek. He never came out drinking or playing pool very much. And he had quite good grades, but he was just on a different level. And he ended up retiring before he was 30. Um, I think he made $65 million because he was part of a business called Love Film, which ended up becoming Amazon Prime and Prime Video. And he sold that business. And I called him up and I said, listen, I need some help. And we'd sort of been following each other for years, but we hadn't been in touch. And he said, why do you need some help? You know, you look like you're really successful. You know, you've done all this cool stuff with private equity. You've been a CEO of businesses. What's going on? And I told him the story. And he said, you know what, you need to, you need to go away. You need to go and do something. And I said, well, tell me about you back then. And he said, well, the first thing I did, I went to a Tony Robbins event when I was in my early 20s. And I was like, what? This is weird. And I thought, I've read, I've read all of Tony's books, but I've never really done anything. You kind of read, it's kind of interesting, but I never took any action. But all of a sudden, the light bulb went off, and I thought, there's something in this now. So I literally finished the phone call. I went and researched when the next Tony Robbins event was on, and there was one in Chicago in about three weeks' time called Unleash the Power Within. I said to my wife, got to go. And she was like, yep, you know, supportive, you've got to do this. So I went away and for four days, literally in this auditorium in Chicago, I cried my eyes out because I think two reasons. First time I'd actually stopped for years and given myself that time, but just me. And some of the stuff he said about how I was feeling in terms of my self-worth, my self-belief, levels of courage, decision-making, there was, this is the first time someone had made sense of all the stuff that was going on in my head. And I remember this one part of the experience I'll share with you, Amy, which was he does this exercise. It's called Dickens exercise, where he makes you project into the future what your life is like if you don't make changes now. And it's about leverage. And it's like, you know, if you're 65, you know, what, what are your kids doing? What, where's your wife? What, what happens if, if you continue on this pathway that you're on? If you don't make change now, what's going to happen to you? And I just broke down. I was like, what is this? You know, I could see... I could see myself sick. I could see, you know, all sorts of things going on that I didn't want to see happening. It was like absolute clarity. And I came back from that 
and I didn't quit my job then. I made the decision in those four days in Chicago. I made the decision, but I then spent the next 18 months creating what I do now. And that has changed everything. And the podcast was a big part of that because I realized, as I said, I need to balance. I need to balance those things. So what was the difference between reading all his books and not taking action and going to a live event and then realizing that it, this is what you needed to do? What, what was the difference between those experiences? The thing, one of the things I learned actually through, through this journey of, I suppose, personal development and self-discovery is that you need to have, to some extent, extremes of either pain or pleasure to give yourself leverage. So if you live in a, in, a, in a period of mediocrity, if it's neither not too bad or not too good, people can stay in that place for years. Bad relationships, bad jobs. It's not serving them, but they can do it. And I think when I read his stuff in my 20s, my life was pretty good. You know, I was, I was being successful in the way that I defined success at that time. The difference this time is I hit, you know, a breaking point. So what's that saying? The master will appear when the student is ready. I was, I was ready now to hear something different, whereas I wasn't in my 20s. And why do you think that was? The, at that point in time, I had, a, I had positioned success as being just 100% about achievement because I'd seen from being the fat kid and, and then turning into this kind of, you know, literally I was one of the best best players in basketball in my school from being in the in one of the worst teams I did all that transformation in 12 months I ended up modeling so whereas I was the fat kid you know girls didn't even look at me I ended up modeling on catwalks and doing all this sort of stuff so everything changed so I'd suddenly taken this pill if you want to kind of get the idea of of wow this is what happiness is this is success right so that's the that's the main thing I think at that point in time I didn't feel I needed to do anything different because I'd, I'd found I'd found the the thing. This is it. This is life. Life is about getting to the top, rising to the top of the mountain, no matter what cost. And that's where I was fundamentally wrong. And on top of that mountain, how did you feel? I felt good in the beginning because it's like anything. Once you set a goal and you achieve it, you you feel in some cases satisfied that you've 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 made that step and you've managed to achieve something and I set big goals right so I set goals that are usually difficult to achieve they need to feel scary from the outset and that's something I think is a good trade actually of what I do but you know when you get when you get to that point and then you realize at the top of the mountain it's not all that that's when it can become a very humbling and to some extent scary piece and no one in my past had helped me with any sort of advice or programming, whatever you about contribution. It was all about, you know, make more money, you know, get the best job you can. It was all very superficial. And I never realized that I needed to have more balance. And what does contribution to you look like now? So I, one of the things I did is I changed, I looked at all of my beliefs. Um, and there's, a, there's another part of the story, which I'll share with you in a second. I, I looked at my beliefs and I threw away the ones that weren't serving me. Now, again, that's a process in its own right, because some people will be listening to this saying, well, how do you change a belief? A belief is something that you have certainty about. Well, 
the key thing for me is I, I looked at all of my values and the things that I wanted to be. And I, and I said, okay, I, there's, there's a process of changing your identity here. And a lot of the beliefs that had taken me up to a certain point were not going to serve me in terms of who I wanted to become. So one of the beliefs I changed was helping people without expectation. So if I help people get what they want in life, I'll have everything I want and need in life. And I never believed that before. I believed it, you know, it was actually more combative. And that one belief, that one change, that, that awakening, if you like, changed everything. I mean, my, my businesses since that point in time, everything I'm doing with my relationships have changed fundamentally because I now see the power of contribution where I just didn't have an awareness before, of it before. And give me an example of what that means to other people. What do they get from you? So if I go back to the podcast, so as I said, I genuinely started the podcast to, to put, put myself out there and share a message. And that message, the, the deepness of that message, message is that I, I think ultimately people want freedom in their life. I certainly needed to be free. I felt I needed freedom, even though I was, as I said, successful. And so I thought, how can I apply everything I've learned in business, all the things that have given me that achievement, but how can I help people become free through that? That was the piece because that's what I was doing. In some cases, it was my own message to myself. If you listen to the episodes, a lot of the episodes are me talking to me. Yeah. Um, I don't position it like that, but it's cathartic. It really is because I had to get it out there as well. And the byproduct of that is that message also needed to be heard by lots of other people. So that's how, that's the first piece. And, And when I started doing, I didn't quite realize the impact. And then I had all these people writing to me. And I had one, I'll share with you, I had one literally yesterday. A person contacted me a few months ago. They'd lost their job. And they, they said, listen, I need some help. And this person, and I said to them, I said, listen, I lost five jobs in a row. I got sacked all the time because I was, just becoming, I was becoming unemployable. And so what I said to this person is I said, listen to my podcast on mindset. Then listen to my podcast on burning the boats. Uh, burning the boats. This is um, a couple of episodes of Scale Up Your Business. And I said, I think you should think about differently about whether you should actually ever go back to employment again. So I said, right, messages on LinkedIn. And yesterday he comes back and says, you know what? I listened to those podcasts. I started my business three months ago and we've now got 10 clients and I'm the happiest I've ever been. Oh, that's incredible. How does that make you feel? I mean, I'm, you know, I get hairs, hairs standing up as I'm saying it because it's like, this is such a change, Amy, from what I was. And I didn't expect, I don't, you know, I don't expect to hear from that guy again. You know, I, I just offer some perspective, but I kind of think if I hadn't have done this, you know, 18 months ago now, and there's many more examples like that. Wow. What was I missing out on, you know, in terms of, and, and, and what help, where would these people have gone? They may have got, I don't, I don't feel so like, you know, it's, it's just about me here, but I've managed to make that difference. And how does that feel? It feels incredibly rewarding. So the thing I learned also from when I went away and did the the Tony Robbins experience those four days is that an outstanding quality of life is where you have the balance of achievement and fulfillment. And most people get that wrong. If you go too far to either direction, there's going to be some concerns. So it's it's a very careful navigation of those two pieces. I mean, if I'm 100% achievement with no fulfillment, that's why I crack my teeth. So now I feel very, very different because I feel in balance. And, and to use a word that I know you use, I feel in flow with what I was meant to do. And I'm super clear on my mission and purpose. That's it. There's nothing that even feels an ounce of doubt within that question when I ask myself that. 
And how long did it take you to get that flow, get that balance? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question because it happens, back to my point before about pain and pleasure, you become aware, this is my view of it, you become aware when you hit those points, particularly pain. So as soon as I realised I needed to see something differently, and the other way this was explained to me is sometimes you can be head or heart led, and generally the best decisions, my opinion again, come from the heart. You can connect with that. So one of the one of the words that came out when I was going through my own sort of personal journey was trust yourself, right? Trust yourself, Nick. And that's something I hadn't probably done beforehand. And by doing that, I, I had absolute clarity on what I was doing. So the time frame, it was immediate in those four days that I knew I was going to be doing something different. I knew I was quitting my old world like leaving that behind. It took me a year to craft what I'm doing now, to, to get to the level of specificity that I'm doing now. But the intention and the feeling of it was there almost from the beginning. And how would you class what it is that the world needs? What, what, do you, what is it you're looking to achieve now or in fulfillment as well? So I've got a couple of my, my, my mission, and, and this is the funny piece, it's always been there, but I never connected with it. It's, it's about becoming the best version of myself. I know a lot of people say that, but if I go back to the fat kid and the transformation then and all the stuff I was doing, I was always trying to, to find my next level. And I, that's never going to change for me. So I'm always going to be one of these people who is, it's about growth. It's massively about growth, personal growth. So I say my mission these days, you know, and, and it probably has been for years, is it's about becoming the best version of myself and it's about inspiring others to achieve the same. I choose to do that through, through business and business scale-up, but I also do it in other areas too. And I think one of the things, just to reflect a little bit on the journey of the podcast, is it's called Scale Up Your Business, but it's not really just about business. It's really about the person you need to become to achieve big goals. And quite often, if I work with someone one-to-one or consultancy or whatever else, I can teach them marketing, I can teach them operations, but that's not the thing that's going to get them to a level of success. It's usually about their identity and who they need to become. And do people know when they see your podcast that that's what they're going to get out of it? I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, they, They look at it and they think it's about business. And there's so many business podcasts out there. The reason that it's had success is because it's almost like the nugget that you find that you don't expect. And I'd never go out there and talk about just mindset because mindset's one of these weird things. It means different things to different people. But I've now done, was it 18 months of speaking to some of the most successful entrepreneurs and business leaders in the world. I mean, the guests I've had are just, I'm so grateful to have these, these amazing conversations. And I'm pretty clear what the thread is now. And all of them say it. There's a, there's a thread that runs through every conversation. It's all about mindset. It's all about how you feel about yourself. It's all about taking brave decisions. You don't have to always feel comfortable, but it's 100% your ability to, to be able to take action and do things because the belief of doing them and, and the desire to do them is greater than maybe how you feel about it at the time. And what are the actions that are coming next? What, are, what is it you've got planned? God, big. So I've got a big US launch coming up. So I've been focusing a lot of stuff over there. So I've got seven different companies now. 
that have happened. So everyone's, I, I started off being employed and now I've got seven businesses and, and different income streams and all sorts of different things going on. So launching Scaly Business in the US is big. We've got education programs now off the back of that, business growth accelerators. Do a lot of mentoring and coaching. I focus a lot on helping entrepreneurs who are at the stage where they want to create their businesses to exit so they can sell them. And that's usually where a lot of wealth creation can happen. And then I also said buy my own businesses. So I, I go out there and I buy businesses off people who are usually retiring and then I, I combine them together and then I sell them back into private equity. And it sounds, I can appreciate it sounds like, oh, that's all money, 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 but there's a bigger piece to this. I believe that um, entrepreneurship uh, at scale is a global force for good. And one of the reasons for that is I think that when you've got people who are using entrepreneurship to solve meaningful problems, it makes, it makes a huge change in everything. So, you know, as we go through various challenges in the world, you kind of think, well, actually, it's, it's entrepreneurship that can actually make those things, you know, drive and change. So I want to be able to educate, inspire, inform people to be able to, to take those steps and make big changes. And, of course, the byproduct of that is wealth. Of course, it is personal wealth, personal freedom. But it's more than that. It's about changing things and, and, and driving economies. And do you think entrepreneurship is for everyone? I don't think it's necessarily for everyone, but it depends on the definition. And this is, this is the weird thing. It's one of those labels that people kind of get confused about. I wouldn't call myself a classic entrepreneur. So classic entrepreneur is usually where you, you, you hear about these tech startups and the Facebooks and, and Googles and all that. The ideation phase. I wouldn't say that I'm a creative entrepreneur. I, I'm probably one of the worst at startup. What I'm good at, is seeing seeing the problems that happen after startup with a level of precision and focus that no one else can see. So I would say I'm an entrepreneur at one other edge of the playing field. But what I would say, and this is the message I'd give to listeners, I said for years I wasn't an entrepreneur. I said that I, I for whatever reason, I didn't think that was me. And as I mentioned beforehand, my dad left when I was two. He came back into my life 30 years later, coincidentally. And he was an amazingly successful entrepreneur. And the reason I didn't think I was an entrepreneur is because that's what I was told and programmed all the way through my, my youth. You know, that's why I got a job and I was in the corporate world. And once I met my dad again, and I realized that a lot of the traits I had, in many cases, my transition into what I do now was partly because I was a frustrated entrepreneur who was employed. So can everyone be an entrepreneur to your question? I think you've got to ask yourself the question, do you want to be one? I think if you want to be one, anyone can be one. And how, how would you recommend people find their, their why, their passion, that, and then take it to a position where they can make it their profession or, or take it their vocation? I mean, the whole sort of ikigai combination of the mission, the passion, the profession, the vocation. How does that work for people? Yeah, I always say start with vision. So I know there's the whole, Simon Sinek was the one who coined the start with why, but I, I say start with a vision. I've got a slightly different way of looking at it. And to be clear for everyone, my definition of vision is not, not goals. It's not time bound. It's not metrics driven. It's getting a sense of where you want things to be a fair way out. Now I have a 20 year vision and some people go, well, that's just, I can't even get my head around that. I often say, start with a five year vision. Don't start from a position that you're working towards that vision. Start from the position that you're already there and look back. So you're already the person. 
So I say to people quite often, what, is, what does that person need to, to feel like, be like, to be able to achieve the things that you want to achieve in that vision? So that, that to me is the absolute starting point of everything. And then from the vision, you can then work on the why. Why does it matter? So there was a, a podcast episode I did with um, four key questions that Jim Rohn asks. And I, you, do you know the four questions, Amy? No, I don't. I, I'm not sure which one you're going for, but I love Jim Rohn. Well, his four questions, and these are the these are the four questions that changed everything for me through my personal development journey. So this was around the Tony Robbins time. And the first question is why? Why? Why do it? Why would you do something like that? Why would you take a risk? Why would you do that? You know, it's it's crazy. Everyone's going to tell you you're going to fail. Why would you do that? Right. Second question is why not? Why wouldn't you do it? What, what, what on earth would stop you from doing that? And then it's why not me? Why can't I do this? What is it about me personally that, you know, what belief systems, et cetera? And the last question is why not now? I love that. Why is not now the time? Perfect. For, per- perfect for your podcast. Yeah, I think <laughs> I need to do a whole episode on this one. <laughs> well, it's, it's a great. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's worth looking up. He's got a video where he's, he's obviously passed away now, but he's got a video explaining it much more eloquently than I am. But as I said, I think you've got to have the vision. You've got to know the North Star. You've got to have the direction. And that can be, doesn't have to be super focused. It just needs to be a sense. And then you go into why. And I find that those two things combined, then you go into goal setting. But those two things combined give you the juice and the momentum to do the things that are hard to do, particularly when it's challenging. And most people give up because they haven't got a strong enough vision or they haven't got a strong enough why. And, and you've created a lot of things in life. And so therefore your, your vision may be richer and more extreme than others. Does that matter? No, no, I don't think so. The, the important thing is starting. A lot of people, and I've seen this from the conversations I've had through the podcast and people who have reached out to me, literally hundreds of people now, they've never even had knowledge around the importance of these things. And again, it comes back from upbringing. And so you say to someone, where are you going? And they go, it's a very, very uh, limited view. It's a very sort of almost practical view. Well, I'm going to go to work today or I'm going to go on a holiday in, the, in three weeks' time. And you go, well, okay, what's going to happen in five years? And a lot of people just go, oh, can't even get their head around that. So I say to them, if you don't have that direction, you're going to end up somewhere in five years. The question, therefore, is, is it going to be the place you want to end up? Because if it's not, and you're not taking action or taking any ownership of this sort of stuff, you're going to definitely end up somewhere. So why not craft that and work backwards from that? And then you've got a great chance of, of both back to achievement fulfillment, of having both of those things working for you. A lot of people will be saying, thinking at home right now, well, I haven't got the time. You know, I've got a family. I've, I've got a job. How am I going to find a time to create this new life? You've got seven businesses. You've got a young family. How do you work your time? Yeah, so time, let's get into that a bit. So time is the world's scarcest resource, no matter what, but people don't appreciate it in that way. So I'm I'm actually about to record a podcast on procrastination. I'm doing that later today (laughs) because I think it's quite an important time because as as people, I'll, I'll get into exactly why or how I do it. But firstly, let me just cover this piece. If you, if you say you haven't got enough time or you're super busy, that's exactly the result you're going to get. 
right? So I often say, if it's important enough, if it's important enough to you, then you'll always find the time. And there's many examples of that. If, if you've got a child who hurts themselves and you're in the middle of a full day of business meeting, all of a sudden, the only thing that matters is looking after your child. So you've always got the time. It's about how you prioritize your time. So if someone says they haven't got time to work out where they're going to be in five years, then there's a piece where they don't understand or, or there isn't enough, back to my point of leverage of pain or pleasure. Because most people get their heads around this stuff at the point where they feel they must make a change. And that's, that's, that's the, the piece that, that normally happens. What I would say to people, if you don't feel right now that's important, it's not the right time for you. Yeah, there's not, you can't force someone to do it. But let's get into time management for a second because this is, this is quite critical. Most people I, I work with push their things out a lot. They work in year goal cycles. They work in three-year plans. I work in 90-day cadence. And the reason I do that is because I've got big goals to achieve. I've got a big vision. And I know the only way that I'm going to be able to do that is to get disciplined around how I manage my time. So one of the things that, that came out of all of those conversations with some fantastic entrepreneurs, and there's four traits of, of people who are doing outstanding things in their business, but these four traits are, are the same, I think, if, if people who are successful in other areas of their life. And those four traits are focus, discipline, consistency, and productivity. People who are outstandingly successful have high scores in those areas. So I plan my week in advance on a Sunday without fail. I time block everything from 5 a.m. in the morning until 11 at night. Time with my family, meditation, exercise, client stuff, prospecting, working on my business, in my business. If you saw my diary, everything is structured. And people go, oh, that's crazy, that's crazy, that's crazy. Oh, that sounds really like you've lost all your freedom. But the opposite is true. But what it does, this is the trick, is any of the goals that underpin my vision, none of them are impossible because I'm taking action every single day towards them. And so if you look at how do I do seven businesses, how do I look after kids, how do I run ultra marathons? Because if you think about when you run an ultra marathon, you've got to run a marathon every Sunday. How do I find the time for that? Yeah, because everything is intentionally planned around the key things that are important to me in my life. And they all come back to a vision, why I'm doing it, some very clear goals, and then relentless focus, discipline, action. And who do you have to support you in all of this? I have, I, I'm a big believer in investing in yourself anyway. So I'm, I'm, I, have two, I have literally two mentors and a coach, and I have a number of accountability groups that I'm part of. And this is another learning for me, a journey that I went through as part of my own personal development. So I have weekly calls with those groups. I'm always sharing my goals. None of the stuff is hidden. And the way we, we, we sort of think about it is if it's important enough to be shared with others and they're going to help you with that level of accountability, then that's worth someone investing their time to help you. What often happens if people say they're going to do something and they don't do it in those groups, then we get called out pretty assertively. Don't waste my time. Why, you know, you said it was important. Why aren't you doing it? So, but these are all tricks. Some people listening to this are probably thinking, this guy, what is this guy? <laughs> He's mental. But, you know, all I'm, all I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I'm really clear on my purpose and my mission. I'm clear where I add value and where I don't. I'm clear on the things I want to achieve. 
And I'm making sure that those things happen by being probably more disciplined and focused than most. And what if you weren't as clear as you are with your purpose and your mission? What would your life look like? I've always been like that. So therefore, all I'm, all I'm doing, best version of myself is a more intentional version of what I was doing before. What I'm, what I'm saying here is I don't think everyone needs to necessarily be like me and be super, super focused on, on big goals and big visions. But, but I do believe that everyone has to have something. And if not for them, for, for their family and for others around them, because we don't, we don't all exist in some vacuum. And there's a, there's a point here where, you know, if you want to create and, and, and do things and serve people, it, it's good to have that North Star to walk towards, to move towards, because it just, it makes you more intentional with your time. One of the things that frustrates me right now massively is people who, who say they haven't got time, but then they'll go and spend five hours watching TV at night. And I'm not judging them. I'm not saying, well, you know, don't watch five hours, but don't then complain you haven't got time because you have got time, you're just choosing to invest that time in, in other ways. I would argue ways that may not be that helpful in serving you towards achieving your goals and your bigger vision. And if you go around and if you surveyed this, most of the world live like this. They complain about stuff they can't control. They don't have a big enough vision, a big enough why, a big enough set of goals to go after. And they end up in this place where all of a sudden, you know, everything's spinning, the world's moving on, they haven't achieved much. And they get to a point where at the extreme of that, there's regret. But it's all very, my personal view, it's all very manageable and it's all very solvable. But it starts with some of the concepts we were talking about before. And you sound, you're, you're incredibly intuitive. Is that something that comes naturally or have you had to work on that? No, I've always been like that. I'm Hence the intuition. <laughs> yeah, kinesthetic maybe. I can feel things. I can sense things in a really strange, odd way. So... It's comes, you know, that, that, that term gut feel. So I, I like metrics. In my businesses, everything is run with metrics. But I, I, I balance the two things. But I can always get a feeling for something. And I think it's a great question because when I was doing my corporate stuff, I think I repressed it. And it's always been there, but now I'm unleashing it more. And as I'm unleashing it more, it's, it's helping me in, in lots of different ways. Well, Nick, we've explored so many things. It's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast. Is How would people get hold of you? I know that you've, you're in demand, but how would they reach out to you? Yeah, there's a few different ways. So have a listen to the podcast if you've got a business and need some help with it. As I said, the mindset stuff in that is, is probably equally compelling for people, particularly if you're in a position where you need to make a change. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of resources in that. So that's scale up your business. Um, if you're interested in joining, we have a community as well, Scale Up Your Business Community on Facebook, which is doing really, really well. And again, it's a great supportive community. But if people want to reach out to me directly, uh, they can go to nickcbradley.com, uh, my website, and they can contact me there or just contact me on LinkedIn as well. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been brilliant hearing your latest um, ventures and what you're up to next. Tell me, Nick, what can you leave the audience with? What sort of soundbite have you got for them today? Yeah, well, it's a pleasure being on the show, Amy. So thank you very much for that. My, it's great. You know what's really cool about this conversation, right? Is that it gets me thinking. <laughs> so what I, what I may have said at the beginning of this, uh, this chat may be different now. My biggest learning is if you haven't got the balance between achievement and fulfillment right, if you're not constantly learning and, and having some sort of personal growth and making a contribution, things can feel very, very flat. 
So if you're in a situation now and you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know what, I'm not on the path I should be. I'm on a path that may be someone else's path or I might have been making decisions because I was scared, but I know it's not me. I can feel that it's not me. I would encourage you to start the journey to get on the right path. And the starting point of that, you know, it doesn't have to be going to a Tony Robbins event. It could be just just reflecting on it, starting to think about that vision piece that we spoke about today. Get crystal clear on what that looks like in the next few years for you. And if that vision is different to the path that you're currently on, then my suggestion would be to, to change things, to start to move forward that, that area where you want to be. Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson, and if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star iTunes review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, and become a member of the inspiring, uplifting, and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.